Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Liskov. And with us today is past and future guest, uh, Whitney Freelander, freelance journalist. Um, she has come on for From Her Closet, which looks like an amazing horror movie. I wish you guys could see it. Um, we're going to do episode 120, The Force. Uh, so just to rewind a little bit, how did Felicity come into your life, Whitney? So it's a weird thing. Um, I was in college during most of the run of Felicity, I graduated high school in fall of or in spring of '98 and entered college in fall of '98 and um, graduated in spring of 2002. So for the bulk of Felicity, I was the same age as the characters. Um, I totally understood the idea of being a lost freshman trying to figure out what to do, whether I should switch majors, all of that, which we can get into. 100% team null, never understood the appeal of Ben. Uh, we can also discuss that if you'd like. Um, and uh, was still stuck with Felicity even after she cut her hair, which we'll get to when we get to next season. <laughs> so- Is that all messed up again? <laughs> No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, I heard most of what you were saying. It's all good. Awesome. Uh, sorry for any bumps in the road as we as we get this together. Um, it, it's, it's a pandemic. Uh, Let's go with it. Yeah. It's a pandemic. It's audio. It's it's. Yeah. We'll figure it out. It's Zoom. Uh, but I think what's interesting. I, I had a similar situation to you, which was uh, I went to college or university uh, at the uh, end of '98. Was my first year as well. So I was sort of concurrently. 
but I didn't go away to school. Did you, you went away to school, right? I did. Not to New York by any stretch of the imagination. No, I went to Columbia, Missouri. I went to the University of Missouri, Columbia, which is the middle of nowhere. So even though Felicity was shot in Los Angeles, it still still felt very New York and foreign and educated, like very, like (laughs) fancy to me. But also, I mean, it, it, it was back in the day when broadcast TV would send people to uh, to actual locations. So they got to shoot some exteriors in New York. So you actually did get to have a sense right. of um, But we'll talk a little bit because in this episode, there's a moment which um, where uh, the scene when they go to meet the guy for the car that they're going to rent. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, they're outside. <laughs> like it's it's. They're never outside. They're always in dorms or they're always in class. The dude who was like the extra from Sopranos casting (laughs) to like. (laughs) Which was, but it was just so jarring because you're just like, oh my God, so much of this show takes place inside. (laughs) It's true. Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely sort of a show that, that had kind of this wistful, for me anyway, this kind of idealized college. Mm -hmm experience um did you see i mean you mentioned it a little earlier but did you have parallels with felicity in terms of what she was going through and what you were going through sure i mean i never made as far a leap in my major as she did and then uh you know the the whole situation with that uh i did stick with journalism the all four years that i was at mizzou but of course like I think like most everyone, there were points where I doubted my major and I wondered if I should change it and whether I should be like in the, like be going somewhere else through a different school. And Felicity kind of gave me this experience of feeling like, what if I had gone to school in a bigger city? Would my world be bigger? Because Columbia, Missouri, you know, again, is a college town and it's everyone knows each other. And they used to say, so Columbia, Missouri has, um, in the University of Missouri, uh, as well as two other colleges. And it also, because it has the oldest journalism school in the country, has a ton of journalists. And they used to say that Columbia, Missouri had more journalists per capita than Washington, D.C. So the idea that, like, everyone knows everyone's business, you can't escape it, like, that's, like, such a college town to me. And if I had gone to New York or, or gone to, you know, a school in New York or, you know, even I like, I looked at Emory for a little bit. So if I'd gone to Atlanta for school, would it be, would I've had a different experience? Would my experience be more like this or Felicity does have a, you know, a set friend group, but there are like eventually like more people who come in and out of it. And like that kind of gave me more of an outlet to that because like by the time I got to college, the Dawson's people were still in high school. They were, you know, eventually when that show started, they were still, they were too young. Buffy was still in high school. They, you know, it was still, it was hard for me to relate to it. Uh, that 70 show was starting to be a big deal, but again, they were in high school. Uh, so like Felicity felt like a connection to that. Well, it's, it's interesting too. And I'm sure, you know, you, uh, you did a piece on Felicity, if I'm not mistaken, is right recently. Roger? Uh, oh, I wrote, um, Yes, for one of the stories, one of the lists I've worked on for uh, Paste, which mm-hmm. we can tweet out when we absolutely you know, yeah, story, yeah. Uh, was like we had done a list of uh, t- best TV shows to binge watch, and I wrote about my pitch was to write about Felicity, and I did. And one of the things that I like about the show that still resonates with me is just the community that Felicity has, and yeah. it's the it's the community that I feel like a lot of people find as they graduate out of their parents' homes and into adulthood, whether they're at college or not. And 
those that friend group and how that friend group helps define you mm-hmm. as you become less dependent on your parents if you have a rather traditional upbringing, which is what I did. Um, so I still look at Felicity. Yeah, it's and, yeah. it's it's interesting too because it it feels like we don't have a lot of college shows. Right. Like they don't, they don't tend to get made that much. And I, and I think part of it has to do with the fact that it's such a transitory time in your life. Right. And it's such right. a tra- transitionary time that is, um, that it, it's, it can feel a little ambiguous. It's hard to kind of wrap your arms around some of the stakes that are going on. Like with high school stuff, it's first, right? It's first kisses, it's first boyfriends and girlfriends, it's all that kind of stuff. And then in college, it's sort of like, I don't know who I want to be. Like it's all just sort of very weird and kind of um, strange. And then, and then obviously on the other side of it, you pick a career and then, you know, you've got all sorts of television shows about careers, but this weird kind of in between space for whatever reason, doesn't get explored that much. And I think that's why this show, which did it really well and did it for four years and then was done, kind of exists in a little bit of a bubble. And I think that's why people have such an affinity for it. There's a bunch of reasons why, but I think that's one of them anyway. Right. Well, you look at shows like uh, Dawson's or uh, Buffy or uh, Gossip Girl is a prime example of this, where you follow them from high school into college and they the kids stop being interesting when they get to college and gossip girl. Why I say gossip girl is a good example of this is because they're not dangerous anymore. They're adults doing right. stupid shit. Sorry. Can I say that? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Please swear away. Yeah, yeah. They're doing stupid. They're adults doing stupid stuff in co- yeah. uh, like and running around, you know, the rich brats running around New York versus when they were in high school and they were like sexting and like, you know, <laughs> doing naughty dances in a burlesque club and like all the things that they did and gossip girl, like the first few seasons, it was like, it was risque because it was, you know, 17, 18 year olds doing it. Right. And now that they're in college and they're legal and like, who cares? It's not as interesting. Anymore. <laughs> but it's, versus it's Felicity, true. Yeah. And, and also like gossip girl rarely changed. Like a lot of those shows, like they rarely change their friend group by the time they get to college. Cause we've already been invested in these characters. Like, you know, Dawson's added busy Phillips's character. Like there are additions to mm-hmm. the friend group, but for the most part, it's like these four or five people that we've become to associate with these characters. And that's why it's so hard to move it on Felicity by studying it when you're, 17 18 and starting college mm-hmm. you have like you know you have a friend group that you're starting to get to know but also you can move with this friend group and still get into like when they turn 21 and like if someone's going to study abroad or you know internships that take you to berlin sure <laughs> sure yeah it's i mean as we we'll get into the episode in a second but something that i kind of want to plant a flag on that i want to come back to is is the friendships you're talking about because i think that um i'd like to talk to you sort of about Quite frankly, the free, the female friendships that exist on this show right. and how they're how they're handled. Sometimes I think better than others, and I think sort of the the, the key sort of friendship that we're seeing kind of uh, fragmented really is the Felicity Julie relationship in this episode right. and then in the finale, as we see sort of the show kind of really call back on itself and fold back on itself into the pilot, you're seeing a lot of sort of parallels back to the flip, the sort of the inverse of everything that happened at the top of the show. So Felicity and and Julie's relationship was fraught up top because Julie had Ben's attention and Felicity didn't. And now as things are going the other way, and now Felicity has Ben's attention and Julie doesn't, 
it's it's fracturing their relationship in a completely different level. Right. But um, I'm just going to give a really quick synopsis of the episode, and then we'll jump into it. But um, Felicity suspects one of Megan's spells when Finals' stress exacerbated by a sudden a series of sudden relationship mishaps, including Noel reconsidering a drive to California with her. Megan actually does turn out to be a witch. Felicity uh, is falling all over herself with this clumsy spell that Megan has put on her. Um, ben is... I guess sort of being seduced or attempted to be seduced by Lynn's girlfriend, Nicole. Uh, Elena has become sort of a teacher's pet to McGrath, who I call Humperdinck because that's all he'll ever be to me as much as I love Chris Sarandon. Uh, and <laughs> is it really? Yeah. That's how she got the name Sarandon. That's crazy. I didn't, I, I don't know why I didn't put that together, but that's so funny. That's yeah. amazing. What's Susan Sarandon's uh, maiden name though? That's what I'd like to know. Now. I have no idea. Yeah, no I don't know. But it, well, like, it's like Jenna Elfman. It's like all these people who have like <laughs> get a name for something else, and then right. like yeah, and that's what they're known as. It defines them, stuck. yeah. And then you're stuck, yeah. And, and then we have sort of the the, and then you have the the, the Star Wars component of this episode, which which I think oh is my god, considering. <laughs> what J.J. Abrams ultimately yes. became to the Star Wars universe. Uh, so the guy, one of the, one of the students, uh, is waiting in line for episode one. Uh, this episode airing on May 18th, the weekend that episode one was released in 1999. Um, and the episode is called The Force, which is obviously a play on Star Wars, but also on the force that seems to be pulling and pulling apart some of these people on the show, which I think is a nice little... Nice pun, JJ. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So the episode uh, aired on May 18th, 1999. It was written by JJ Abrams and Jennifer Levine uh, and directed by Robert M. Williams Jr. Um, So let's start with the the sort of the, the... I guess you would call it the supernatural component of this episode, which is that Megan is a witch. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's also go, like you were talking about female friendships. It's yeah, also yeah. very interesting to think about that. This is still a time when Megan and Felicity are not friends. Yes. Yes. Uh, because this eventually, sorry for anyone who's like, no, no. watching this podcast or listening Spoil to the podcast. Away, they spoil watch. away. Yeah, yeah. Like they do become friends. Um, <laughs> so shocker. Uh, because, she's really good in that part and they wanted to keep her she's on. So and, good. Yeah. She's uh, but the, yeah, the idea that it's also, by the way, one of the last times we get a dear Sally moment, but which is all right. Which is yeah. sad. Yeah. I, um, I loved it as, as a device. It's like, what am I? It was a great device and it yeah. gave Janine Garofalo more work and she was like <laughs> the coolest thing ever. And like, yeah. she's still, she's still pretty. She's cool, still the coolest. Yeah, yeah. She's still pretty awesome. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So, the there's the idea that Megan might actually be onto something, even though Megan has no idea what she's actually doing. And also, why does Felicity still like Felicity's like, don't use my pillow and search for hairs? Okay, I'm gonna walk out of the room and let you yeah, still have my pillow. It's, it's yeah, it's Felicity continues to sort of it feels to me like she's in continual disbelief that she lives with Megan, like that Megan is a real person that's doing these crazy things, which I think is kind of amazing. Um, so the, the episode opens with Megan literally doing a spell. At like two o'clock in the morning, non-finals week, <laughs> like 100% not studying for finals, just casting spells. Like is her mad, is like she's studying witchcraft. Like 
It's fantastic. I, I so here's the question that I have to ask you, and and I and maybe this is a silly question, and I'm sure it will come up again next week when I talk about the the finale. But is Megan the puppet master of this entire series? Like, if this spell worked, she's actually put into motion the relationship of Felicity and Ben, which, if we're being completely frank, seems ill ill destined. So my question is. The spells seem to work. Yeah. There's a whole fan theory subculture that you can totally pull in. Oh, really? I'm sure you can pull. Like, uh, I mean, well, like anything involving J.J. Abrams, there's like, (laughs) (laughs) look who we're talking about here. So like, I mean, you want to bring in Vince Gilligan into this too, then we can really get some (laughs) fan fan theories going. Um, But like, I mean, yeah, you could totally do like, you could get so much like internet traffic if you did like a like like a fan supercut theory uh, video of like how Megan is totally responsible for all of this. Like you can go like to the alternate ending at the end of the season at like the, the series yeah, the finale. Time travel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like this is like <laughs> yeah. Like Jennifer Garner's role into the, all of this. Like you can yeah. do because wasn't. Metaforman was on Alias for a while too, wasn't she? She was. Yeah. She was. yeah. So like, yeah, you could totally do that. It's it's just, I mean, I, I don't want to give it too much credence because obviously it's a conspiracy theory or it's a fan theory, whatever it is. That's all fine and good. But it does feel like, it's clear to me anyway, that um, once they decided to make Megan a quote unquote witch or to, to incorporate some element of the supernatural into the show... The Star Wars component leads them up, gives them a little bit of freedom as well to sort of like thematically play with that stuff. And I get why they do it. But then watching the finale, I did find myself going, the penultimate episode ends, and spoiler, we'll jump around a bunch, but like it ends with the photo. It ends with the rearranged photo. And you're literally led to believe that this spell worked and that that's why they're together, not because they should be together, but because the the Wiccan hand of Megan is the one that put the it into force play. of Megan, like, put it together. It's amazing. Uh, also, I didn't look up, I should have looked up who the costume designer was for this episode because God bless the 90s fashion in this episode. Like, Megan and her, like, mm-hmm. like, spanks oh, yeah. or, like, uh, like, pleather outfit and ponytail and uh, pigtails it's like in julian heard like little little sweet pastels like it's truly impressive and felicity looking like a freaking librarian and like so much of it but, but cute because she's felicity <laughs> <laughs> like, like is really impressive yep, yeah, uh yeah. like i don't know uh like i megan megan and her like mall tour is just totally really impressive um it's it's really wonderful what they do with her character she is really a kitchen sink character where they're just like let's just oh, yeah. put everything in there they had absolutely no idea what clearly had no idea what to do with her like they're like we can't have her be an enemy yeah. for too long and then like let's yeah <laughs> especially and to, you 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 highlighted this earlier but like amanda foreman is so good in the role mm-hmm. and it's not that she takes what if we're being kind of honest could have seemed like a bit of a caricature mm-hmm. and they imbue her with just enough humanity and she does such a great job with like acting in the role that you just want more of her i mean it's right. it's it's not a 
it's not a surprise that she's, you know, a TA, an RA with her, with Felicity at the top of season two. I mean, everyone just wants more Megan in the show. And then once they figure out that the Sean relationship is a place to go, it also just opens up all sorts of pathways for this, for the, right. for the character. It's really wonderful. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, this love triangle. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, it's the meat of this show. It's obviously the, the, uh, sort of the wind in its sails, but I think that they do a great job. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this about how messy they make the love triangle between the three of them, which is that they kind of shake up both the relationships enough to platform what ultimately leads to the cliffhanger at the end of the season, which is us believably feeling that Felicity could conceivably pick either of these guys. Um, No way. Absolutely none. (laughs) Sorry, Scott Speedman. I'm sure you're a nice person. (laughs) Wow, it's it is it is really By the funny. Way, she could, either way, she's choosing Scott, so that's fine. But <laughs> it's so funny to me because I mean we've done we've done a, about ten episodes of this so far, and I've had a lot of people on here, and it's amazing how many people were Team Ben when they were Ooh. watching when they were watching <laughs> the show, and then now as they've grown up, they're like, well, it's obviously Noel. Like she couldn't possibly end up picking Ben. It's sort of like the reality bites love triangle too. The people that were like, well, I I get why she picks Ethan Hawke in 1994 or six or whenever it was. But now they're like, yeah, obviously go with Ben Stiller. I mean, I, I guess for like the financial support of Ben Stiller, I guess, but he was so, no, (laughs) I don't know. I'm still, I'm still team Troy in regards to reality bites. Um, Interesting. Like, well, I also like, I I don't think that like I, like Ben Stiller's character would have. Do you like that? I actually don't remember Ben Stiller's character's name, but I totally remember Troy. Like it's I Michael. Remember, it's Michael. It's, Michael. <laughs> it's like the most benign name ever. <laughs> but course, like, um, but it's uh like Troy was actually interesting. It had some thought. Like Michael would drop her in a hot minute as soon as he got like some fancy deal in New York. Like. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but back to the, anyway. the Ben and Noel of it all. Were you yes. you were Team Noel from the jump? I was okay. Team Noel from the jump. Uh, I actually had some guy friends. One of, one of whom might be on your show later. I gave him your information. Uh, who would like watch the show? Would they actually rating the show Noel? Like, because they would gather and watch it, and they would just like relate to Noel so much about everything like that, and maybe the, I don't know, uh, but like I don't think like I just like Ben seemed like even in when I was watching it, just like someone who didn't know what he was doing with his life, who like peaked in high school, who never had to try at anything, and. Uh, again, like Scott Speedman is a nice person as far as I know. Like, I don't know him, but he seems like like, interviews. He seems like a nice person. Like, um, but he, you know, like Noel actually like felt like, 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 like this is the type Noel again, like the idea that if I went to New York, if I would have a different like upbringing, Noel would be the type of boyfriend that I would have wanted. Um, I will say that like, my husband worked with Scott Foley years ago on something and I called and I called my husband when he was, um, happened to be with Scott Foley, my friend, Scott Foley. And 
my husband turned to him and said, hey, Scott, want to embarrass my wife and handed the phone. And so like Scott answered the phone and was like, hi, it's Scott Foley. Like, if you want to talk to your husband? And I like beat red, like freaking out, like, like <laughs> which I'm sure the last thing Scott That's Foley amazing. wants to do, That's like, amazing. especially given his current career trajectory wants to do is like talk about the time where he had a bad haircut and like over oversized sweaters and was like the dopey guy who like, <laughs> couldn't get couldn't like land felicity uh, but. <laughs> it's i'll say this Knowles Knowles uh fashion the two-tone shirts uh-huh. with the buttons it's brutal br- brutal stuff uh, but I, I i fully agree with you i mean when i watch the show uh it will surprise you to no degree i'm sure that i was obviously team noel i think i fall into a noel camp to a certain degree um so i i understood uh you know, the, 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 the team Noel of it all. The, the Ben component, I'll say this. Rewatching the show, I have found myself, um, understanding the, the kind of golden retriever component quality <laughs> he has. He's very loyal. He's very sweet. Uh, and I, I think that I wonder if one of the reasons why Felicity loves him so much is because how much smarter he makes her feel. <laughs> but is he very loyal? Because we learned this, like he straight up dumps Julie, like with the very, like the very promise of like his like friend's girlfriend. Yeah. He Listen, tries I- very hard to be good. And then he's like, no, you're right. Yeah. I could totally get with someone else besides Julie. Well, okay. So I want to, I want to have a, a conversation about Ben and Julie with you for a second here, okay. because the Ben Julie relationship to me feels like the show never fully committed to it. It was sort of kind of wishy-washy about it. They needed her to be kind of the catalyst for drama up top. And then as it got deeper into the show, they kind of gave her her own storylines. They had, obviously they had the rape storyline. They had the, the, uh, adoption storyline which all kind of just drop away because they never really want to service julie's character Mm-mm. and we're not i don't want to say they don't want to service it but but that relationship to me feels like at a certain point it's about three episodes four episodes from the end of this season you get the distinct impression that they finally know where they're going and they start to kind of push her away from him and then they don't even start to really feel like they're dating anymore. I don't know how you feel. Right. About it. No, I mean, I think, well, also I honestly, to be fair, I think that's how a lot of like young relationships are like. Totally fair. Totally true. Um, I, like either in high school or college, like I know plenty of people who dated <laughs> long time after they were supposed to, I mean, because it was like, they didn't know what else to do. They were like, you know, like, let's still be in this long-term relationship, even though we like, just because it feels comfortable and we don't know how to break up with each other. Right. Um, so that said, I mean, that Julie, yeah, they never, they gave Julie some interesting things to do. I think like the rape storyline was completely ahead of its time when like, absolutely. I mean, I remember watching that episode and the first time I watched that episode and I was like, well, like, is it rape? Like, I guess it's not. And now, of course, I'm like, of course it's rape. Like, how are you not, how is that not rape? And the idea that they made it, like, usually when you see rapes on TV, they're very violent. And they didn't make it violent. The fact that, like, they, and they, 
And they gave Julie this backstory where, again, where you're talking about female friendships, where she has that nice little monologue where she says, like, I, you know, in high school, I had lots of boyfriends. I didn't have any girlfriends. I don't know what to do with this. And that, like, yeah. that says a lot about Julie's character in that you could see also why she would be attracted to someone like Ben. Here, I'm totally speculating because I was not in the Felicity Writers Room. But, like, um, sure. Right. Uh, but, like, the idea you could see why she would be attracted for the same reason that Felicity is attracted to Ben. Ben is the golden retriever. He's safe. And given all of the things Julie went through in that year of college, that nine months that she was in college, Ben seems like a good deal. (coughs) Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, it's, 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 no, it's fine. It's, it's a weird relationship um, because ultimately I mean, this is sort of, this is kind of the crux of the show, right? Which is that, um, and I'm curious because, you know, you, you've, you've obviously watched a lot of television. You've done a lot of journalism on television. And, and there's a part of me that feels like the show, unfortunately, kind of buys into its foregone conclusion that Felicity needs to end up with Ben. Right. And if you, if you buy into that, then everything is kind of just treading water, right? I mean, Julie's not real and Noel's not real if we're supposed to believe that she's just going to end up with Ben. Now, they do a good job with making Noel feel real for four seasons, and I have to give them credit for that. But Julie just never feels like a real threat to Ben and Felicity's relationship. No. So that's it's 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 a hindrance to a certain degree, and it's it's a bit of a bummer because I like Amy Jo Johnson. I think she's great in the role. Like it's certainly not her fault. Um and I wouldn't even say that it's necessarily the writer's fault. I just think that when the show's called Felicity, your supporting characters are always going to kind of get short shrift. Like that's just sort of what it is. Right. I mean, unfortunately she's not. Yeah. And kind of like all of the characters kind of get this after a while. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, all, I mean, all of the supporting characters are unfortunately like, kind of go through this. Like uh, we haven't even gotten into like next season when you have to deal with Amy Smart's character. <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, we have, yeah, Amy Smart's going to come on actually for for. Oh, really? Yeah. Gosh, that poor girl. Like that. That was just not a fair character. <laughs> I really all. liked Ruby and Noel, though. They were actually kind of sweet together. No, it was, but like the way they wrote her out again, like yeah, worrying yeah. about spoilers. Like it's you don't have to. Yeah. Um, she just gets well, pregnant. And they're just like, yeah. And they're just like, we're just going to write. It. But it's also like how they decided to make her like. No, be the father, but then not be the father all of a sudden. Like, yep. which I think gives a, not a good message if, to to like to high school and college kids who are watching the show. Like, how this is how yeah. easy it is to escape, yeah, a pregnancy th- scare, like, or that like a pregnancy scare like that is like bad, like, <laughs> like, like it's end of the world yeah. for Noel type of situation. It's- it's very WB drama from oh, sure. 1999, and yeah. and it's I I 100% agree that it's uh, that it's unfortunate, I guess, because I liked Noel and, and Ruby. I thought they were cute together, um, and I guess at a certain point, they just felt like they needed his eyes to be on Felicity again, and and that's just sort of where they needed him to be, um, which is a bit of a bummer. I agree with you. It doesn't it doesn't do service to to him or or to ruby's character either um so i i think it so in this episode one of the i do really like the tarot cards as an organizing principle i think yeah it's really that was, I, I was like i was rewatching it, i'm like 
this is I don't remember this being a thing in all the episodes. Like, no, it's not. It's like very much just this like, one. Yeah. yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Uh, ben realizes that he has no money to fly home. But then Felicity discovers that there's this guy who needs his car driven to San Francisco. Right. So so Ben and Felicity and Noel and Julie decide they're going to go on a road trip, all four of them. Mm-hmm. Now, I wish that happened because it would be the most awful road trip ever and they'd all oh end God. up hating each other oh by the God. end of it. Awful. And it was before smartphones where you could like distract yourself with like play yeah. on Instagram for a few hours. Yeah. yeah. It's it it's one of those things where when there's a scene in this episode where they're all at Epstein Bar and they're all kind of talking about like how excited and the places they're going to go on this road trip and I'm like you guys are never going on this road trip because <laughs> if you do you'll murder each other before no. the end. <laughs> oh um, yeah. No. Uh, it's amazing though. It's funny for what it's worth. But it's funny, but can you imagine the bottle episode that would have happened of the four oh. of them in the car? Oh, that would have been awful. Oh. It's great. Yeah. So I have to ask you, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on Nicole? Yeah. So I mean <laughs> why didn't you just like break up with him? Like I don't like it seems rather sudden. And again, like remember. it's Again, it's like, it's out of nowhere and it's out of nowhere. And like, again, like they don't know how to play it. Like they're like, and there are playing it. Like this is a couple that needs to break up, but they don't know how. So they're just going to extend their hell longer by like planning this trip together. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, we also want to make sure that everyone knows that they're hot 20 somethings, 19 year old 20 somethings, and they want to hook up with a bunch of different people. And everyone needs to, and we also want to make sure everyone knows that Ben's like super desirable. Uh, yeah. So, like, let's, let's all remind that Ben's super desirable and that he, it's really hard for him to be good. And so, I mean, it seems like it was there just because they were like, these characters aren't super, super interesting. Let's give them more to do. And that will also solve the Ben and Julie problem. Um, what it, I don't like necessarily like that. It's like, it makes Felicity like the confidant to both Ben and Julie, because like, does Ben not have any friends? He's got plenty of friends he could talk to. (coughs) I don't feel like, I mean, it's kind of a waste of a character. It's kind of a, it's kind of a little sexist. It's a lot uh, sexist. It's a lot sexist. I was trying to be polite. Like, it's a lot sexist. Um, I, is it, but sure, I wrapped up that storyline nice and neat for them. It's, you know, what's interesting is as you were talking, I was thinking about how they want Ben to be the bad boy. Mm-hmm. But they don't want Ben to be too much of a bad boy. Right. And you can see it with the gambling storyline, which is that they want him to sort of dip into criminal behavior, but not really get into criminal behavior. They want him to be tempted by another woman, but to not cross the line. Like, they always want him to be there, there to be a little bit of an edge to him, but there really isn't. And it's just, it's, it's sort of a little bit of conflict for the sake of conflict. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like, uh, like the weeds problem, like the, the TV show weeds yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. where they like Nancy Botwin got into some serious, serious stuff, but like <laughs> she was never super in danger because she's Nancy Botwin. So we want Nancy Botwin to have a gun put pointer pointed to her head. We want Nancy Botwin to be in a drive by, 
We yeah. want her to get involved with the cartel and have her son, you know, like <laughs> get into some stuff with that. Again, like I don't know who's never seen weeds, so I'm not going to share that. <laughs> Um, I, mean, I, I think you're safe to spoil weeds at this point. Yeah, uh, like, but we can't have her be. We we can't seriously put her in danger because, like, she's our heroine. Mm-hmm. We can't have her do something completely unredeemable because yeah. she's our heroine. So we need Ben to still be, yeah, a, a viable option for Felicity. So we can't mm-hmm. actually go and sleep with Nicole, even though Nicole is like half naked in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't, we can't have been like full on cheat on Julie or do something horrible to Julie or get like shivved by, for, by the gamblers, uh, because <laughs> like he still needs to be there. He needs to be like a dating option for a Felicity. So Ben's safe. And yeah, it's, it's also yeah. WB, like a WB situation where you can't do, um, it's a, like, you can't do anything too bad. I mean, he's not full-on Chuck Bass, who also somehow became redeemable, even though, like, he raped someone, like, essentially raped, tried to rape someone in the first episode of Gossip Girl, and all of a sudden, like, he's a romantically yep. real once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's not, like, full-on sinister yeah. like that, but he also, like, he has to be, he has to be an alternative, he has to be an alternative to, like, you've got the Golden Retriever or, like, the warm blanket of of Noel. So yep. either one, they're pretty safe. It's also just, I guess I, I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around a little bit of like what the Nicole thing gets them. Like it's a little bit of a distraction. It's a thing that's kind of over here um, because they don't perhaps want to service Julie and Ben. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird in the sense that you've got this woman who just, for whatever reason, like will not listen to reason. She's, I mean, this guy is making it abundantly clear that he's uncomfortable and yet she's continuing to throw herself at him, um, which is odd. Uh, I do like that it gets a nice scene with him and Lynn because I like Lynn's character, but ultimately this is it. Like by the end of this episode, Ben has sternly said to Nicole, like fuck off Mm -hmm. and never sees Lynn again. So right. it's just sort of like this was how we decided to wrap up what was ultimately a pretty substantial, you know, uh, supporting character. Right. It's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a bummer. It's also like, I mean, who knows? Like maybe like contracts were up. Yeah. <laughs> like they, yeah. They're like, sure, this sure. is a, this will get write them off the show, and now we don't have to deal with them. <laughs> like, sorry to do the cold hard right, facts exactly. at all, but like. <laughs> <laughs> um. I love Megan saying you're scared of my power. Yes. I mean, who isn't scared and fascinated by Megan? (laughs) Uh, She then puts a forgetful spell on Felicity, who then proceeds to not remember something in class, doesn't remember her her social security number later or something like that. Her driver's license number. Yeah. Driver's license number. Um, Yeah. It's it's strange. Um, I also feel like, also, just stop for a second. The Felicity, yeah, yeah. all these kids are just willing to give like soprano central casting number one, like all the driver's license numbers. Like, what the hell? Yes, uh, also true. You also get the the feeling that he's he's pretty threatening about what he'll do if the car does not come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's he's also like hiring a bunch of teenagers to drive his car across country. 
So anyway, um, Ben is kind of a dick to Julie in this episode. Yeah. Like in the, in the car, he kind of calls her out for, for some story she tells the, the, uh, Sopranos. She jokes about, about she got car. nervous and she made just, a comment about just, how she got in a car accident or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, which is, he's kind of a dick to her. Uh, and again, I know this is all platforming his feelings for Felicity and the turn that's coming, but like, it doesn't make me like him. No. Um, there were other other ways for him to break up with Julie. Like there were other ways to create wedges with them rather than making him look like a bit of a dick. But whatever. but not too much of a dick. Exactly. Like, he can be mean. He can be mean. Yeah. Like that's so WB. Like he can be mean. He can be mean to Julie, but he can't flat out cheat on her. Like nope. he has standards. <laughs> standards. It's also like Sean walking in on Nicole Topless is also super weird. That whole. Yeah weird interaction which Sean kind of they use Sean really well in the documentary episode a couple episodes previously which is a great episode but then they kind of are like "Mm, we don't really need Sean and he just kind of drops out of the season at that point which is kind of he'll come back oh yeah yeah, but still that's it but maybe his contract goes up and JJ's like no he's my homeboy like we can't (laughs) my best friend you can't kick him off the show Greg and I have a pact okay (laughs) he has to be in everything um i love the torn photo in the beaker when megan's doing the yeah. spell um this also show, that it's a black and white photo that's kind of pretty it's beautiful yeah uh the the music every now and then like the the actual orchestral music of the show mixed with this kind of like magical component that they've mixed into it this time around i don't know it's just it's a really nice shot that i think really kind of visually summarizes everything that's going on in the show in one shot, which is kind of special and you don't see that often. Um, I love Ben at Dean and DeLuca telling Felicity about Nicole's signals (laughs) that she likes him. Yeah. There was a kind of not to be mixed (laughs) over by the way, like stacks of Jones Cola. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's less product placement dudes. Yeah, I mean, that Dean and DeLuca product placement must have cost a serious amount yeah. of money. Yeah, look um, how that turned out. So we're good. <laughs> I People, I listen, I've, I think I've been to Dean and DeLuca once in my life. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. I don't know. But every time we, yeah. R.I.P. Every time Dean we see it. Yeah, yeah. 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 R.I.P. Dean and DeLuca. But yeah. Um, I, I do love uh, just the way, 
this show juggles tone really well. Mm-hmm. And all of these cast members are quite funny, like have really good comedic timing. And this show, finding that balance of comedy and drama is special. But for instance, like Scott Speedman can be quite funny. And in this scene, when he's like, yeah, she gave me some signals, like she kissed me and she took off all her clothes. <laughs> like the way he delivers those lines makes you, again, like him, which is, you know, obviously part and parcel of what they're going for. But uh, I don't know. He's just, he's funny. I, in that scene anyway, I thought he was funny. But Yeah. I mean, it's um, a lot of like protecting Felicity and also like, like, and also, like, oh, shit, if I tell Felicity too much, she's going to tell Julie, and then, like, then, like, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Which is why he goes to the library to break up with Julie. Right. <laughs> Who, by the way, is, like, like highlighting, a really- a guide- highlighting a guidebook, not studying for finals. Felicity is, like, the only one who's studying for finals during this entire, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Anyway. It's true. It's true. It's true. And I mean, it's what it is. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the breakup scene between, between Ben and Julie? And Julie? I mean, I, it was, I mean, they got to that, they, they knocked it down pretty quickly. Like they actually like, doesn't even have to say like, I think we need to break up or anything like that. Julie kind of lets him off the hook. Julie, again, because she has made a point of saying that she, has had lots of boyfriends has been through and has been, probably been treated pretty horribly by these boyfriends given what we know about her and her history. Mm-hmm. Like she got out, like she knew what was happening. She got out of there. She ended it. She was angry. What uh, I mean, could there have been a better place for it? Sure. Cause she have like not let him off the hook so easily. Sure. But like, if they just need to move the story around, like we got to get going, we've got to get to like the thing the audience really cares about, which is like this love triangle. Like, sure, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I, I she did say something in the breakup that I liked, um, and and this show does a very good job of uh, kind of lasering in on, um, I guess, the ambiguity that exists in a lot of relationships, or at least a lot of conversations you have when you're in your twenties. For instance, when she says to him. Um, oh my God, you're doing that thing that guys do where yeah, they pretend like they great. don't know how they feel when they do know how they feel mm-hmm. um, is kind of great. I mean, it is great writing. Like she's, she calls them out on it. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a hallmark of this show, which is, you know, going straight at the thing rather than hemming and hawing and doing whatever characters speak sort of bluntly um, in a way that maybe we wouldn't in real life, but makes for good television. <laughs> so. I think it's also like, to be fair, guys don't just, guys are not the only ones who do that, but in Julie's world, sure. guys are the only ones who do that. Uh, I think anyone who has the upper hand in a relationship is the, like the reason who is the one who has like the power to break it up in that mm-hmm. kind of, in that dynamic, of course people break up for lots of reasons, but in that dynamic, Ben has the upper hand of the relationship because Julie is so, like messed up for again this horrible year she's had that like he can't take like in i think she realizes that and she calls it like she's like i'm out like yeah i don't i can't be hurt again i can't dwell on this anymore so she goes crying to felicity yeah i mean the the one person she shouldn't go crying to right Um, but again she doesn't have any real other friends right no it's true and and that scene is 
it's it's great. I love the line. You know, now he's broken both our hearts. Um, it's you know, it's for for all of my issues that I might have with Felicity and and Julie's relationship. Um, it does lead to good drama. It does lead to good sort of friction. I'm just not sure that it is the best depiction of female friendship, I guess is what I'm getting at. No, it isn't. But so many of these people that Felicity is friends with or quote friends with, if you're talking about Megan, are mm-hmm. people who are, don't fit into another sphere. This is true. Who, whether they're uh, comfortable being alone or not, they don't have they don't have a lot of other friends like you know mm-hmm. ben was super popular in high school but now that he has to like try and make friends he doesn't really have any other friends right. uh like you know uh the megan is busy like you know having a secret box and like not telling <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and and felicity and these are all people like felicity didn't have any friends in high school that's why she like sends messages to Sally. So these are all these kinds of loners who have found each other and or Felicity has like brought them into her circle for whatever reason. So they they don't again because the show's called Felicity, like they there's nowhere else for Julie to go running than, you know, Felicity. Yeah, I mean that, that 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 all of that is true and it and it's it's funny you saying that 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 they're all sort of weirdos for lack of a better way of putting it or, or feeling sort of on the fringe of, uh, of social status or what have you, when you do see them in groups together, um, it highlights that, which is actually kind of a wonderful thing. Like I've never thought about it that way. This, this sort of, they're kind of an Island of misfit toys. No, like none of them really have that much in common. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. Um, so as we get to sort of the, as, as we're getting into sort of the end of the episode, Noel and uh, Felicity kiss just to make things even more complicated as he tries to figure out, uh, as she tries to figure out if she's, if he's going on this road trip or not, because this Berlin trip has sort of fallen in his lap and it's become clear that he can't do the road trip and Berlin. He has to pick one or the other, uh, which is where sort of the Star Wars component comes in as Guy and this other guy in line rather than trying to fix some like Photoshop project that they're working on instead are talking about Noel's romantic entanglements, um, which oh is kind God. of fun in its yeah. own silly way. Like standing in line for movies. Remember that? <laughs> like, I know. I know. Wasn't it great? It was great. I, I mean, I stood in line for star Wars tickets. I mean, I did I just that. I mean, like watching, I mean, we could like the whole, like, how bizarre that is like that scenario is now is like, I mean, the fact that like JJ Abrams wrote this episode is it's so, so perfect. <laughs> like, it's of so course. Perfect. Um, but, um, so maybe that goes back to your force argument about whether Megan can predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> Megan is controlling all of our destinies as Megan's we speak. real. And she's <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I do think that they that they do something interesting with the Star Wars stuff. First of all, they do some like deep cuts to for JJ to prove how how sort of how deep he can go on Star Wars in this episode. Yeah, oh sure, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, it it works for for nice thematics and what have you. But 
at the end of the day, that storyline ends with with Noel realizing that he has to choose Berlin and that that's what he has to do. He should uh, definitely choose Berlin. <laughs> yeah, like there's not even a question. <laughs> I say this is a fully functioning adult, like with like when we're talking about jobs, like definitely choose Berlin. Anyway, <laughs> but he does choose Berlin, yeah. um, and we sort of have this nice moment. One of my favorites. And this is a trope on television that I'm sure you're, you're well aware of, but I love it nonetheless, which is when, uh, a character is supposedly a bitch or a, or an asshole or a mean person. And then their facade comes down and you see how they're really a good person. Right. And Megan sort of opens up her, you know, shows her, uh, takes off her, her suit of armor for a moment mm-hmm. as they're sitting on the edge of her bed. And it looks like they found common ground. And then Megan tells Felicity to get off of her bed. Right. Um, <laughs> but we've already had the episode where Megan's parents come to town, right? Like that's Yeah, it's, which yeah. is the best. It's the yeah. best. So, like, we already know that Megan, Megan's got her own issues. But, like... <laughs> Yes, she does. She does. And then we have the Twilight Zone episode that all takes place inside Megan's box in season two right. as well. So. <laughs> There's that. So, but it's, it's, it is amazing to me. And, and one of the characters that did this for me on television, perhaps more than any character was, um, Weaver on ER. Oh, yeah. Who is, I don't even think she's a bad person. I think she's just a stickler for the rules and this, that, and whatever. But when she has moments of real sympathy and empathy, it just tears me apart. I don't know why, but it's just, it, it's just, it's, it's just good stuff. Right. Um, so now we're, we're the, so Megan tells Felicity that the last spell she was trying to do, which was a love spell, she didn't have the final ingredient that she needed, which was clove. Right. So now, while Felicity and Ben are doing what inventory... What did they find in the inventory, Phil? <laughs> who knew there would be a weird stash of clove... From, like, at the- six years ago. <laughs> yep. That accidentally falls on the ground in between Ben and Felicity, uh, and then they almost kiss. Right. Um... You know, they find the missing ingredient. It's, again, like, saying this out loud, it sounds so cheesy. But they make it work. They make it work. I think also, like, let's, like, a scene like that would never fly in, like, some high pro Like, The Wire would never do that scene. <laughs> <laughs> but it totally... Yeah. Oh, David Simon so really frowns upon... Uh... Clichés. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like yeah, it, yeah. that is such a quintessential like WBCW type of scene, UPN type of scene, yep. um, because it's like it's like Megan's like what I you know I was just missing this ingredient and then it like all comes together and it's like uh, it's like the Jane the Virgin scene with like with the snow falling outside of the house and it like it all like it's this magical thing that like you realize like. You, like it's all like this situation is all coming together. Jane the Virgin, by the way, like I did always root for Ruff. <laughs> I didn't always, I didn't root for Michael. So I was like, I did appreciate the bad boy on that show. <laughs> what? So this is actually a good opportunity to ask you, um, what are some of your favorite love triangles? I mean, that's a good one. Uh, I like the thing about Jane the Virgin is because it was a telenovela, it was able to play out for so long. Like they mm-hmm. were able, like even though telenovelas in general usually are done within a season, 
they've kept this one going for so many years and they did manage to like play out that left triangle and throw and all the twists and cliches and everything like that. But they did it in a chunk and chink way. Yeah. That yeah. Made you, yeah it made you like totally, for, uh, like, like totally like enjoy it. Cause like they were in on the joke. Sure. Um, gosh, what another favorite love triangle. Like, so here's the thing. Like so many of these love triangles are like on teen dramas because yes. when you're a teenager or when you're in your early twenties, the idea of like who you're going to be with does feel like it's going to be forever and does feel like it's on, like you can't break it. Mm-hmm. Um, like on Dawson's, I never like Joey and Pacey way made way much more sense. And I'm sorry that Dawson had to like get hysterical <laughs> on the docks, but like, dude, like your <laughs> Dawson was like the worst, like the worst yeah. character on that show. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's just, he's boring. Really more than he's anything. Super boring. Like, and yeah. he's just like, oh, dude, like you're super into making films, but you can't think of an original story to save your life type thing. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, if you wanted to get into, like, speaking of Pacey, like, you want to get into, like, love triangle situations, like, the stuff on the affair is really interesting because it's mm-hmm. really, like, mm-hmm. like, Again, like no salt always sure. a horrible human being. But like the idea of like how we got to see the different points of view of this love triangle and the different points of view about who was who was right and who was wrong was I thought was a really compelling look at that. Uh, I did also root for Josh Jackson's character on that show. <laughs> uh, but like I'm sensing a pattern. <laughs> you are like um, he was quite entertaining and little fires everywhere too. Uh, he was, I, and I loved Fringe. I mean, I did love Fringe. You know, um, he is well aware of where he stands in this culture, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but like, I mean, you look at like, gosh, like uh, Vampire Diaries. Like, I vote. I did vote for for, for Damon more than Stefan. I thought Stefan was really boring and brooding, and really like wished he were James Dean. Uh, Here's like, a question. Yeah. Since since your you know your husband wrote on True Blood, were oh, you yeah. Team Eric or were you Team Bill? Oh no, I was always Team Eric. <laughs> and he's the never, bad boy. He's totally the bad boy. I was never Team Alcide. Uh like Sure, sure. Uh I actually like I like Stephen Moyer as a person. Like I, I as far as I know. Alex- lovely. Yeah, Stephen. Oh, and I like Alex Skarsgård as a person, but I like. But this is more because I'm an Anglophile, and so Stephen using his real accent versus Stephen with the mud and chops and like doing the Southern accent is not at all interesting to me. Uh, but like, fair, he, fair. yeah, I've Stephen is always charming when he has that. But like, <laughs> like a show like Crazy Ex Girlfriend, like I mm-hmm. actually I had like Greg the first Greg, mm-hmm. Greg one. Greg one. Santino. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, uh, I mean, Skylar Essen's fine. Uh, but like, uh, I liked Greg one better than I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Josh. Um, although I understood Josh. I like, I understood the appeal of Josh. Um, and I'm j- like, sure. It, there's no hard and fast. Like left triangles are very complicated because you have to keep them both like all three sides of this interesting long enough to make a show, at least for a season. Mm-hmm. And if you're a show like Vampire Diaries, where you've got to keep this going and keep teenagers interested for like eight years. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway. It's hard it's it's hard in perpetuity. I mean, I think that the reason that the one in Felicity works so well, and I, I know that I've said this in previous episodes, so forgive me, but there there is an element of casting really coming into play. Sure. Um, you know, uh, Scott Foley was supposed to be Ben, then they couldn't find a, a Noel, and then they found Scott Speedman, and then he became Noel. And I think because of that, 
you have these two unquestionably attractive guys that both seem viable when I think Noel was probably written to be a lot kind of nerdier and a lot less plausible, I guess, to some degree um, in this love triangle. And then when you cast Scott Foley, all of a sudden there's a, there's a component to him, a physical component that all of a sudden makes it a little bit more viable. Um, I think also just, you know, uh, I just watched the the finale uh, shortly before we recorded this. And it's crazy to think between this episode and that episode, the amount of times that Felicity ping pongs between which one she's going to go with is laughable and yet somehow it works and it's because she cares about both of them right i also i don't know what this has to do with anything but i was thinking about scott foley and what you were saying about how like they wanted someone who went maybe they could have gone with someone who was a little bit more dorky and and, like maybe not as like hunky i guess as scott foley (laughs) (laughs) weird words still such an odd word athletic athletic built um but like this show so felicity came out when in 99 uh well, late just, 98. Late 98. Um, just five years later, we get Seth Cohen. Right, right, which, right, right. And right, no right. one watching that show, no, a single person watching that show in their right mind would have been like, Ryan Atwood's more interesting. I really want to see what happens with Ryan Atwood. No, That's Seth true. Cohen totally became that show. And That's a so lot true. of that has to do with the, maybe that uh, like the way our culture changed and our embrace, uh, embrace of more like dorky guys, like a John, Josh Schwartz who created OC, like based Seth Cohen a lot on his own experiences when he was at uh, SC. Like, like it's a very different dynamic than when you have that. Like Pacey, way more interesting than Dawson. He has more of a backstory. He's more like fascinating person. So I don't know what it says about our culture. Maybe it's like the way we're becoming more accepting of the Knowles of the world as we got into like, yeah. We also got more of an internet. Yeah. Like we we became what Y2K happened. We became like Silicon Valley started, you know, we had the boom and then we had the bus. So like maybe just geeks in general became more acceptable. Yeah. I mean, I think it feels, I, I, I think I, I spoke with one of the guests about this, about sort of uh, alpha and beta. You know, this idea that, that men had to, for the longest time, really could only be alpha. They could be alpha or beta. And I think now we're in a situation where uh, male characters can be a lot more in touch with their emotions. They can be a lot more sort of self-aware. They can listen to Death Cab for Cutie and This American Life, and they can be cool doing that. And I think that that's... Um, that's an interesting sort of pivot. And, and, and in the, and on the other side of the gender rules, I think that women are allowed to be a lot stronger. They're allowed to be a lot more, you know, formidable. They're allowed to sort of, um, quite frankly, have higher expectations of, of the men that are in their lives, which is obviously completely reasonable, but it's just interesting how we've seen that change. I mean, I, last night, uh, apropos of very little, I watched uh, Mary Tyler Moore for the first time, which I had never yeah, seen. Yeah, I saw you that on your social media. Yeah, and and it was, I mean, it's it's wonderful. Obviously, it's it's a classic television mm-hmm. show. But watching that pilot and seeing Mary's character and what she's, I mean, having to deal with with the men in her life oh, just sure. in that pilot is fucking bonkers. She's the only one who calls, only one in the newsroom who calls her boss Mr. Grant. Everyone else, you know, calls him Lou. Yeah. Uh, like Rhoda was like supposed to be the comic relief and then like mm-hmm. we we had, there had to be different ways to make her likable mm-hmm. and so that, Rhoda and Phyllis had to be like these likable friends. Yep. But like everything about that, like it has changed. Like the whole idea that like the character, you know, like 
Mary Richards was supposed to be like, was supposed to have left her, her husband at the altar. And they had Mm -hmm. to change that because they were worried that we could like, we as a public could not separate her from Dick Van Dyke. Is right, right, right. Ridiculous. Like, like the little faith that they have in the American people to see people in different parts. Um, but yeah, the, the perception of femininity, obviously back then, as opposed to, as opposed to now right. has, has obviously drastically changed, but even just looking at Felicity through the prism of 2020, I mean, I was talking to one of our other guests about, um, normal people, mm-hmm. which sort of feels like, you know, thankfully with streaming and what have you, these, these networks are now realizing that young people watch television again. So they're starting to make television shows about young people again. Mm-hmm. And to see normal people, which is in its own way, kind of Felicity-esque, very introspective, sure. very poetic, lots of long conversations. Um, it's, it's, so there's something very interesting about like looking at Marianne versus Felicity. And putting those two characters next to each other, there's a lot of similarities there. And I mean that in obviously the best way possible. Um, so it is interesting that the progress we're seeing about like, like a Connell is kind of Ben-esque in some way. Oh, sure. I mean, he's athletic. He's dealing with sort of an inability to communicate his emotions. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on that I think is quite interesting. He's, yeah. I mean, I think. You know, Marianne didn't find herself until she got to college. She didn't have any real friends until she got yeah. to college. And she talks about, like, you know, she's like, I have those now. She mm-hmm. has that, you know, she talks about that. Connell, like, I mean, he's, like, clearly, like, the you know, he doesn't come from a family that would, that could afford for him to have a good education. He's completely out of his own when he gets there, but mm-hmm. he, when he gets to college, but is, like, fully knows what to do like and is comfortable in like his high school situation um and uh, yeah uh maybe he's clearly smarter than ben (laughs) like that's (laughs) like yes yes and more talented and more talented than ben uh but like the idea that he doesn't know like that Connell doesn't Connell's also clearly smart enough to know that like when he can use his his smarts and when he can't Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, but like the idea that both of them, they're from the same, like they're from the same town. The, their personalities are kind of defined by that town and what like people expect of them. And then they get to college and like that flips. Yep. And I think that ha- I mean, most people don't really come into their own until they're in college. They're of college age anyway. So yeah, it's, I, I, you know, it's all, all of that is absolutely true. I think it's, I mean, it's, I don't know about you, but I, I do find myself as someone who is developing uh, a television show right now about teens. I, I am, I am excited about what type of stuff we can explore now within that genre in a way that perhaps we couldn't before you know it feels like for a very long time you really needed genre to be able to explore this stuff it felt like you needed to have vampires or comic book heroes or whatever it was in order to be able to explore this type of stuff and now it's starting to seem like you don't need that as much anymore which is exciting um you know watching felicity i don't know about you but it's it's nostalgic and it feels good because the stakes are low and you can just sit with these characters and it's just, it's everyone's wearing a warm sweater and you're just like, this looks great. Right. Um, and, and that's why something like normal people was so lovely to watch recently because again, like pretty low stakes when everything is said and done, but it felt momentous. So, but um, speaking of momentous decisions at the end of this episode, Felicity decides 
uh, to go on the road trip with Ben. She will then question it 8 million times in the finale. But right now, she decides she's going to go with Ben. I also kind of um, wonder if this was meant to be the finale and they they were like, oh, crap, we have another episode. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that, obviously. But I, I do feel like these two episodes feel very much like a two-parter. I mean, yeah. JJ wrote them both, technically only half of this one, but they feel broken as one. Mm-hmm. Um. And this episode ends on its own kind of cliffhanger, which is um, Megan, after tearing apart the photo, Felicity, you know, yells at her and says, that was the only photo I had of us. Mm-hmm. She then tapes it back together uh, haphazardly and incorrectly by putting Ben next to Felicity as opposed to Noel yeah. next to Felicity in the photo. And I got to say, watching it the other day kind of gave me goosebumps. Like it kind of works. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's. There's something nice about a a physical metaphor for what's actually happening, and it's 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 well done. I also think it's interesting that this is like it's almost like it's out of Felicity's hands at this point. Like fate right. has gotten involved, and it for someone who doesn't who's not very good about Felicity's not particularly good at making decisions. So like, yeah. it, unless you like let's like run across the country to be with this guy who like signed my yearbook, then yeah, uh-huh. like 100, that she'll do. <laughs> but like choosing majors, like choosing boyfriends, choosing where she lives, like, nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the idea that like Felicity is like, this is something that like, oh, it's, 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 I'm destined to be with Ben. Like this is sure. what it feels like. It, yeah, it's, I mean, listen, <laughs> Felicity is kind of a crazy person. I'm not going to sit here and say that she's not. Uh, certainly in the pilot, she seems like a kind of a sociopath. I mean, what um, person was like, oh my God, you followed me to college. Like, it doesn't uh, like doesn't matter how cute and wafy she is. Like, You made me fall in love with you is the, yeah. the rantings of a crazy person. Yes. But, but they find a way to ground her and to make her seem, it's not even naive, just sort of idealistic. I mean, she's just a person who believes in the best in people. You know, she's kind of in her own way, sort of Leslie Nopey in that way of just like that, that, that people are inherently good. And that naivete obviously kicks her in the teeth a lot over the course of the series, but like, that's kind of what makes her lovable and, and, and why you want to watch her. Right. And I think that, yeah. Well, um, thank you. No, go, go, please, please, please. Oh, I, just that I think that you know I think that's the important reason as to why we like her. Like we have like if this had been like this if this happened in real life you'd be like she's crazy. Uh, but there is something like she also is doing something that like I think a lot of people wish they could do or a lot of like like a lot of people like kind mm-hmm. of imagine like you know like a sliding doors idea of like what if I had done this type of scenario. Oh, she's she is one hundred percent wish fulfillment, and that's I mean that's what we go to television for, right? To watch things either go horribly wrong or or wonderfully and go along for the ride. I mean that's that's yeah that's why we do what we do. But um, well, thank you so much for yeah. for for coming on, Whitney, and doing this. I really really appreciate it, and um, I hope that you'll come back either for another television show or for another movie down the road. Yeah, definitely. Maybe not in my closet, but yeah. Yeah, who knows? Maybe someday we'll be able to leave our houses. Right. That but, would be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have two children, so I can only imagine what you must be going through. I have two children and a cat. And I'm actually, the cat is, 
still in my I'm, I'm in the closet in my office and I'm shocked uh-huh. that the cat has not actually made an appearance and insisted on her dinner because she gets fed <laughs> at 5 o'clock and it's 4.37 any moment now she's going to come, yeah, she's come like, ask her. what is going on where is my food <laughs> uh, well thank you again for doing no this no problem Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.